Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Yeah, to jump straight into it, uh, do our, our very best. We're, lo- we're launching a series over the next few weeks called We Value, and I just felt this last week that it'd be so good for us as a local church to look at what we value um, as a local church. We have a, 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 a number of values. We have five values in our church that we aspire uh, to live by and this morning I just for the next 15 minutes say um, just do our best just to really really quickly um, go through our, value, our first value and just sort of touch on that um, but the truth is each one of us have a, a set of values um, whether we're families or whether we're individuals all of us have a set of values and some of those are unintentionally developed over time um, and others of us have more uh, intentional values that we've developed over a period of time as well and you can tell what people value by what they give their time to if I was to go for a walk around Shell Cove this morning if I wasn't here at church and went for a walk out there I would be able to tell what people value by what they were giving their time and their energy to amen and the thought the truth about values our values are so important because our values dictate or determine what our culture is amen Our values determine what our culture is and how our values develop. Well, they can be developed by our families. They can be developed through our friendships. That's why it's so important. Young people, we choose good friends. And older people as well, we choose the right friends. Our values can also be developed through media as well, through the the movies that we watch. I'm never, ever, uh, never ceases to surprise me how often and how subtle um, the media is used to try and instill ungodly values into our families, into our thought life. All the time, if you watch the latest movies, the, the, the movie some time ago, I think it was um, um, Dory Mark II. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of characters that were in there that were, that were, um, that were um, interesting, if we could say that. So I wanted to say this morning, the truth is our values, they shape our culture. I believe it's so important that we take the time to ask ourselves the question, what are our values? What do you value this morning? Uh, what, be, what we value becomes the foundation of our life. And it's so important that we understand that. Jesus spoke about the importance of our values in this verse of Scripture. In Luke chapter 6, it says this. Listen to it this morning, the words of Jesus. He says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show you whom he or she is like. He or she is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundations on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream bent vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. It had the right set of values associated to it. Its foundation was solid. But listen to what he says. But he who heard and did nothing is like the man who built a house on the earth without foundation and against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house is great. I love that text there, because Jesus is speaking to us about our values, about our foundations, about what uh, is undergirding our life, and the importance of building our lives upon the values of the kingdom of God. Amen. Have you asked yourself the question, what are my values? What do I value? People value a number of things today. People can value exercise, which is great. People can value money, maybe too much so. 
People can value their appearance. We, we have, people have a number of values, but I believe it's so important that we take the time to identify what our values are because Jesus was teaching us here that if we don't have a right foundation, if we don't take the time to intentionally develop a good set of values, then potentially our life will fall over when the storms of life come because the storms of life are inevitable. Oh, that's just bad news, isn't it? But it's true. He said, when the storms come, if you've built your life upon my sayings, upon the things that I've said, then when the storm comes, your life will stand. And as a local church over the next coming weeks, and um, we'll do better with time next Sunday, um, but over the coming weeks, we're going to take the time to look at what are our values. And I wanted to touch on incredibly briefly this morning, our first value as a local church, and it's up on the screen there. And this is our first value. There's five of them all together. But our first value is this, one family united in Christ. Our first family value as a local church is unity. Unity, say it with me, unity. Our first value as a local church is a unified church. In fact, in our church, we believe in respecting, supporting, and valuing each other in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. We honor our leaders. We seek to resolve conflict and defend and protect our church against division. We come to that scripture uh, from a number of verses in Ephesians chapter 4, but more importantly, the words of Jesus in John chapter 17, verse 11, because this is our first value. This is the thing that we aspire to. doesn't mean that we get it right all the time. No. But this is one of the things that we uphold and we defend in our local church. We dislike disunity. Amen? For people that are, for people that are quarrelsome or people that bring a division or dissension in the life of the local church, we have um, how many words for them? Uh, three. There is the door. Oh. <laughs> There is the door. <laughs> yeah, right, cutting edge. Keep moving on. So we get that out of this thought. In John chapter 17, verse 11, Jesus prays the most profound prayer, but it's interesting what he focuses his prayer around, and he focuses it around being unified. Listen to what he says in verse 11. He says, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Jesus' prayer was that as he is one with the Father, that we would be one with him and one, more importantly, with one another. So unity is so important to God, so important to Jesus. In fact, in verses 21 and 22 of John 17, Jesus prays a similar prayer as well. And the thought is this, why did Jesus ask for a unified church? Listen to this. A unified church is the key to unlocking what God has promised to us. When there's quarrels, when there's dissension, when there's all sorts of arguments happening in a local church, it affects what God wants to do. It blocks the blessing of God. That's why our first value in a local church is that we would be unified. Does that mean that we always agree? No. But we remain unified in heart and in spirit. Amen. So a unified church is so, so important. So I had, I had four amazing thoughts. I tell you, these are so good. But I won't even get there. So it's just some of the characteristics of unity um, 
some of the aspects of it. This is not the entire list, and I'm only going to touch on them. I figure I might as well give you a little bit of something rather than nothing of nothing. Amen. So the first little thought is this. What does, what does unity in the local church look like? Well, the first thought is this, is that we have an attitude of acceptance towards one another, that we accept one another. In Romans chapter 15, verse 7, uh, uh, the, the, the author of Romans says this, accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Accept one another. What does acceptance look like? Acceptance, accepting diversity. We're all going to be different in this place, amen. But I found too often we don't accept people because they're different from us. Hello? Come on, sometimes we, we need to understand that even though people are different from us, it doesn't mean that we're not called to accept them, amen. We're different in so many ways. Some of us are different in the way that we dress. Some of us are different in the way that we, 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 we appear. Some of us are different in the music that we listen to. I was speaking to a young man last week, and he likes that shouting music. I hate it. You know the stuff I'm talking about. I hate that stuff. But he loves it. Does that mean I reject him because of his music style? No. There's meant to be diversity in the local church. That's how we understand the importance of accepting one another. So the first part of unity is that we have an attitude of accepting one another. The second aspect, I had another three good points there, but we can't touch on them. The second aspect of acceptance, the value uh, of unity and, and the outworking of that um, is forgiveness that we have an attitude of forgiveness in the local church. We've got to cultivate and maintain unity. We must maintain a spirit and an attitude of unity. One of the greatest forces that erodes unity in the local church is unforgiveness. When we take offense to the words or actions of other believers, have you ever been offended? Well, if not, you probably will be at some point. But don't let that... That, that, that unforgiveness to erode the spirit of unity in the house. Amen. Of course you're going to get offended at some point. It's God's plan for you to be offended at some point. God uses offense to build his people. The people take offense and what do they do? They build a fence around themselves. Not meant to do that. Amen. But when we allow unforgiveness to get into our hearts, Scripture teaches us a couple of things that it does. Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6 that unforgiveness will block answers to prayer. Matthew chapter 6, 14 to 15 says that prayer or our answer to prayers will be blocked because of it. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, it says that unforgiveness will lead us into the snare of the devil. Amen. It'll, it'll, it'll cause us to be snared in our hearts. Uh, and the truth is this, we don't realize it, but unforgiveness within us manifests itself through us. We allow bitterness to grow within us and bitter people often sow discord and disunity among the believers. This is what our attitude should be towards one another. Psalm 130, it says this, Lord, if you keep record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. That should be our attitude towards one another. <laughs> you know, we get upset. You've offended me. And, uh, just get over yourself. It's all a part of the process of growing in God. Amen? In fact, if you get offended this afternoon, then that's all good. Because it's God's way of helping you to grow as a person. Amen? But if we allow 
unforgiveness to get into our hearts, that it's going to affect the temperament, uh, the temperature of unity in the local church. Two more things and then I'm done. The third characteristic of unity is honor. Amen. For most part, many believers choose to honor those that they preference or they like, but Scripture teaches that we are to respect and honor whomever it is due. Romans chapter 13, verses 7 to 8, it says, Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom are due, uh, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, and honor whom to honor. Amen. It's right, but but it is tight. What is it to honor, to preference, to respect, to value? And Paul taught us about honor in uh, Romans chapter 10. We see the Bible says to honor one another above yourselves. That's hard. Then Philippians chapter 3, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 3, it says, In humility, choose or consider others better than yourself. Wow. Unity flows through an atmosphere of honor. And the last thought this morning, if I could just have the musicians to come, that would be really appreciated. The last characteristic, and as I said, there's a number more, there's probably a dozen characteristics of what unity is and how it's outworked. I've just touched on four very, very briefly. The last characteristic of unity outworked in the local church is through the attitude of loving one another. Loving one another. Love is such a messed up word in our culture today. Love is used to describe our feelings about so many things. I love that movie and I love you. I love my car and I love my child. But God's love is far above any earthly definition of love. His love is agape. Love is unconditional, no strings attached. It's a love of choice. He chose to love you. He chooses to love you. He loves you on your good days, your bad days, your ordinary days. He loves you when you're angry and he loves you when you're sad. He loves you when you're going well and when you're not going so well. In fact, I love this word from the song by Bethel Church. It says, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And Jesus taught his disciples to love one another as well. Unity flourishes in an atmosphere of love. Amen? Jesus said this. He says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. The fourth and the final characteristic defining unity amongst us is a love for one another. Amen? It's not a love based on feeling. It's not a love based on preference, how I'm feeling today, yesterday or tomorrow. It's based on agape love, unconditional love for one another. Love the cement holding the living, living stones together, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Love is the preeminent fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5, 22, 23. Love is the overriding and undergirding strength of all of our relationships. Love, love for one another is the primary prerequisite for fulfilling our calling as a local church. Amen? And the truth about our first value We value a unified church, amen? The truth is this, as we conclude this morning, that unity is the responsibility of each and every believer. Amen? 
it's my responsibility to be unified, to have a, have a heart of unity, to have a spirit of unity, to be wanting to be, wanting to be in unity with, with each other in this house. Hallelujah. That's why I believe Jesus spoke about that prayer. May they be one as you and I are one as well. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes just as we conclude today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your spirit that is here. We thank you as we've opened up our hearts and our lives today to you. We know that you're changing us. We know that you're transforming us. Well, heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord, you've never asked for his forgiveness for, for your sins, for those things that you know are separating you from God, you're in great company here today because we would love to give you an opportunity to ask Jesus Christ to become your Lord and your Savior, your best friend. And how do you do that? You simply believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead and you confess with your mouth that you were saved. And while every head's bowed and eyes closed, I would just love to ask you right now, if you would love to ask Jesus to be your Savior, would you just raise your hand very briefly, very quickly this morning. If you're here today and you've never asked him that for that gift today, the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life, while I look across this building one more time, Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. Amen.